Would you open your Bibles, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 11? Now, I want to tell you, I'm going to work on earthly time and not heavenly time. So, <laughs> so you can relax, all right? I won't, I won't go past 10 o'clock, promise you. No, 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 sorry. Okay, right, turn with me then to 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm going to read this out, and as I'm reading this out... Now, you're giving out some Bibles. Which translation is that you're giving out? NIV. Okay, let me go to NIV. Maybe. (laughs) Yes, I think I'm going there. Okay, all right. Now, this is the story of David and Bathsheba. And I want you to be interactive with this. And I want you to call out every time you see David going down. I.e., he's on a downward spiral. And every time he takes a step down, I want to hear down. All right? How shy are you? Let's hear it down. Okay, we're there. All right, now guys, if you miss out on this, it's your bad. (laughs) Okay, now, I will find ways to embarrass you or whatever if you don't get it. Now, if you step out and you mess it up, that's okay. That is good. I don't mind if you mess it up. But if you don't do nothing, that's not good. One of the things that we find in prison is a lot of people say to us, oh, you know, what about the people who can't read very well? Do you know what? They are so bold, most of our residents, they just give it a shot. I told you, didn't I, about the guy who uh, wanted to play the piano for me in Wormwood Scrubs. He said, um, you haven't got a musician. Do you want me to give it a go? I said, what do you mean? He said, do you want me to play? I said, can you? <laughs> no, no, sorry, I didn't say can you. I said, yeah, great. So he started to play, and it was clear he'd never played before in his life. <laughs> and after, after about two notes, I said, whoa, 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 what's happening here? He said, well, I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> now, a lot of these guys will give things a go, and they are not shy at really stepping out. So this morning when I was in Wood Hill Prison, and by the way, we had the drummer there was one of the officers. Got one of the officers to do the drum. Not as good as you, but uh, one of the officers is doing the drumming. And I read part of this passage, and they really went for it. So listen, you are in competition. Here we go. Are you ready? Lord, just speak through this passage. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war... David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. Who said that? High five. (laughs) Okay. Now listen, folks, delegated authority is good, and Joab had been delegated on other occasions. But I agree with that, Down, and the reason I agree with it is what comes next. They destroyed the Ammonites' besieged rubber, but David remained in Jerusalem. Now, hear this. The moment you decide to take time of spiritual warfare, you have just made a choice to live in the flesh. The moment you've decided you are not engaged in spiritual warfare, you've decided on another course. 
That's the fact. Doesn't matter how mature a Christian you are, you know, I'm going on holiday. How many of you have really miserable holidays because you've just decided that you're going to do your own thing? Never. Spiritual warfare is 24-7. Even when Jesus said to the disciples, come aside and rest a while, they didn't get any rest. (laughs) It didn't happen. Okay, let's read on. You got those. This is good. One evening, it could be afternoon actually, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. Down, down. Why is that a down, down? Because it wasn't his, right? Okay. Carol says it as it is. <laughs> right. Absolutely. 100%. And what, what about the very beautiful thing? What's happening there? He's still looking. When I was a young man, not so long ago. No, sorry. Okay. When I was a young man, we used to have a little motto. And the motto was this. First look, temptation. Second look, sin. Summer's day, we were walking along, a friend of mine, and uh, as we were walking along, this young lady came, and to be honest, it was provocative how she was dressed. It was not helpful. But he was going like this. And I said, or too long a look. Now, come on, men, ladies. If we sell ourselves out and we say we're not engaged in spiritual warfare or it's too tough or I'm going to take a rest or I'm going to take a break, what follows next is carnality. And a number of residents and HMPs who were Christians, are Christians, and they took time off and they burned. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Somebody hit me with that. Come on. Carol, wake him up. What's going on? (laughs) Okay. Now listen, who was Eliam? Who was Uriah? David had 30 bodyguards. Two of the 30 were Eliam and Uriah. In modern day parlance, these are the guys that would take the bullet for you if you'd hired them in this way. Can you imagine, just from sheer logic, if you're going to mess around with anyone, you're not going to mess around with your bodyguards, daughter, or wife. This tells you something about David. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 13 when God is dealing with King Saul and he says, in essence, my wording, a little bit changed, but I found a man after my own heart He's going to take your place. And he's talking about David. Look how David's fallen from that place. David was a man who because of the covenant and his understanding of the covenant of God slew Goliath. David was a man who took Judah and Israel and united them under God. David was a man who loved the Lord. 
And yet he took time off from spiritual warfare. And when you or I take time off, we've just said we're going to do something else. The warnings came. David ignored them. Brothers and sisters, I plead with you tonight. As the living God, as the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Holy Spirit warns you, take heed. Take heed. I was in YOI Isis, which is next door to Belmarsh, taking a Bible study with uh, some young men. And I asked them, I said, guys, will you tell me, were any of you warned not to do what you were going to do? Every single one of them said yes. One of them had never been to church, didn't have any uh, church family, and he was walking past the church building. He saw the notice board, and the notice board said prayer meeting and Bible study Thursday night. He'd walked past that a, a thousand times, and he just knew he had to go. And he knew it was a God moment. And he was at work, and he went to work the next day, and he said to his mate, I'm not coming out Thursday night, I've got somewhere I've got to go. And I said, ah, oh, come on, we always go to the club on Thursday night. He said, no, I'm not going. They turned up with the car, blew the horn, out he comes, jumps in the car, off they go. He gets uh, some liquor down him. And by the way, there's still the biggest reason why people go to prison is alcohol. Still the biggest reason. He thumped the guy under the chin. The guy goes back. He hits his head on the curb. He gets eight years. He was warned. I could take you through every one of those stories. Some of them really dramatic. One of them, the pastor. The, the, the lad didn't attend the church. His mother did. The pastor had a prophecy. And he went to see the lad. And he said, I don't know exactly what's on your mind, but the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and he told you, and he has told you not to do such and such. I can't remember what it was. Do not do such and such. The young man even knew it was from God, but he ignored it. The warnings come, and if you've got a sensitive heart, the Lord will redirect you into the paths you should go. Lord, please. Make our heart sensitive. All right. So, um, where, where are we? Verse 4. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Amen. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. Wow. By the way, this chapter 11 isn't about Bathsheba as such. It's not really about Joab, the king's nephew and chief general. It's all about David. That's the focus. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite, and Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, how the war was going. Goodness me, David, you creep. All of those questions are legitimate questions, but David did not have that in his mind. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when our hearts are deceptive, when we've given ourselves over, when we've taken time off from spiritual warfare, even the things that sound good are rubbish and perverse. David said, you're all good, I end your house and wash your feet. What was he really saying? I'm not wanting to be crude, but he is saying, go and lie with your wife. We know that because of what comes up later. When David was told Uriah did not go home, he asked him, haven't you just come from a distance? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. My master Job and the Lord's men are camped in open fields. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As surely as you live, David, I will not do such a thing. This man's integrity surely was facing David up. Why is it, brothers and sisters, that when we're off kilt, when we're not in the fight, we don't want to go to church? I don't want to go to that Bible study. I don't want to go to that prayer meeting. Well, Proverbs 18, verse 1, basically says that when we're in that mode... We want to pursue our own desires. First John chapter 1 says, I don't want fellowship with God's people when I want to do my own thing because they're going to challenge me and the very words that they speak are going to say, get your life in order. Even though they may not say that directly to me. So David say to him, hey, hey, you're right, stay, stay another day. Stick around. He brings him back and he gets him drunk. If you get someone drunk, their inhibitions are lowered. They do stuff that they wouldn't normally do. And that, by the way, is a good reason to really check yourselves on the alcohol levels. I've got to say that um, there are Christians who drink legitimately, And yet, it could be a stumbling block to one of our guys. So, I challenge you on that. Sometimes our liberties are fine, but they can be stumbling blocks. So, we need to be very careful on those things. Anyway, David used this to try and lower Uriah's um, inhibitions. And in the morning, David... um, Oh, sorry... Um, David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, now David's up early. Before he's lazing around in his bed, now he's up early. And he sent a letter to Joab with Uriah's hand. Goodness me. It's unbelievable, isn't it? In it, he wrote, put your eye on the front line where the fighting is fiercest. There. Then withdraw from him, so be struck down, and he will die. Well, guys, you all know the story. That's what happened. Uriah died. Other fighting men died because of this dumb strategy. Now, David... He was one of the most amazing military strategists of his time. 
He would never do this as far as uh, for military gain. But he was a person in authority and he forgot the purpose of the authority. Now I'd be surprised if there isn't I'd be surprised if every one of you were not in authority to one degree or another. Your parents, you got workplaces, church. The question is, are we mindful that that authority was given to extend the kingdom of God? Or is it because, well, I'm the bee's knees in it? David had forgotten. And he'd forgotten because he'd given up spiritual warfare for a time. It's when we forget that we abuse what God has given to further his kingdom. I need to be mindful of my promise about earthly time. But David's response when the messenger comes and says that these men had died was, well, don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack and all is good. Then the news is broken to Bathsheba. She goes into mourning. And after, you know, a time that seemed right and fitting, she and the forthcoming baby were invited to David's palace. And up until this point, how many times has the Lord been mentioned? Zero. The very last word in this chapter is Lord. And the very last sentence is, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. When we stop spiritual warfare, we look left, we look right, just like Moses did when he slew the man before he went out into the wilderness. He didn't look up. David, a strategist, a man who knew how to get his way, had, wow, I've now got the woman and the kid. What a success. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Now, our time's short, but the last two words in chapter 11 was the Lord. The first two uh, uh, words in chapter 12 is the Lord. The Lord then sent a man of God to him. His name was Nathan. You, if you're a Christian, will be used and will be sent with a message of reconciliation to Christians who have fallen and to those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 says, he who is wise wins souls. You will need the wisdom of God to lead that person to restoration. We're not told exactly if the Lord gave this to us. I think he did. 
But Nathan comes with a parable and David thinks it's a real story. Now here's the interesting thing. When a person isn't in the place they should be with God, they are so good at judging other people. They develop a critical spirit. They are just so sharp on what's right and wrong. And if you step out of it, you'll be in the firing line. So Nathan comes and he tells David a story of injustice. Please read it for yourselves if you don't know it in chapter 12. And David is furious. And Nathan says, you are the man. Oh, brothers and sisters, if you're going to exercise a ministry of reconciliation, you will need the wisdom of God, and uh, sorry if these words are not quite as they should be, but you need the wisdom of God to sneak up on people. I don't quite know how else to put it right now. To get through the hardness of the heart, to get through the barriers. And God gave Nathan, that wisdom. The response was Psalm 51. The response was David saying, I have sinned. But it also carried penalties. Because God is so loving, and because God is so compassionate, he lets a lot of rope out for us. He lets us off an awful lot. He doesn't call us to judgment the moment I step over the line. He gives me some room. Now, this is rhetorical. I don't expect you to call out and respond to this. But how many of you have found it more difficult to live with the consequences of your sin because of the way that it has had an effect on others? You know, in some ways you can bear it a lot more easily because, well, I deserve it. But now my family's suffering. Now my community's suffering. It's a hard thing to bear. And if I didn't believe in a sovereign God, and if I didn't have passages like Acts chapter 3, where even Pilate and Herod brought about the will of God, now you've got to look at that to understand what I'm talking about. But if I didn't believe in a sovereign God, I don't know how I would reconcile my past life. I don't know how I could live with it. So when we come with a message of reconciliation, especially to those who have seen consequences in their lives, I believe in a God of compassion, a God of love, and a God who will take the broken and turn it around. So I'm finishing now, but listen, don't just chuck this one over your shoulder for somebody else you're thinking about. Think about yourself. Have you decided that, you you know, I'm going to take a bit of time off from this kingdom business? If you have, you've just decided you're going to walk in the flesh and read the consequences. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for your holy word, the Bible. We thank you that it's in our faces. We thank you that it challenges us. We thank you, Lord, that as we read the New Testament, it tells us that the Old Testament is there to warn us and keep us from being men and women of the flesh. Lord, as we look at Nathan and we think about his ministry of reconciliation with David, make us wise, Lord. Cause us to discern between things that look the same but are different. Cause us to be the men and women of God that you have called us to be. We ask this in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and God bless you.